This is the intro, this is the intro, this is the intro to the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza! Charlie. Hello. Are you there? Billy, I'm here now. Yep. Alright, good. This is... Alright, boom. Alright, so what were you saying? Final Fantasy remake? Uh, I was saying... It- or even like the original game too. I was like, it really is built like a D and D campaign, really. Like you know, the way it, uh, you know, the way you start out, you're automatically on like your first. What do you call it? Uh, quest. Mission is what I was saying, but like quest, yeah, you know. It, as as uh, the way I was, I was, I was thinking more and more about like how RPGs and video games. I was like, how are they kind of set up like like Dungeons and Dragons campaigns? Probably because that's where they all came from. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But it's just, I don't really think about it too much. Uh, speaking of speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, um, <clears throat> we've been rewatching the uh, or I've been rewatching the Expanse with Matt and um, Cloud and Ren and Micah. Uh, Ren seen season one. Um, uh, Matt. And Micah and Cloud have not seen any of The Expanse. And so um, we've been watching it. And have you seen it, Billy? I can't remember. You have not. You have the book. No, right? I've read the first couple of books. I have okay. Read. All right. So this should, make, this should make you laugh then since you've read the books. Um, rewatching season one has made me realize the whole time in, in this uh, D&D campaign of Cloud's I've been playing as Amos, and I didn't even realize it. Oh yeah, like just the, constantly like, the, like uh, violent and just aggressive and aggressively violent. Okay, I'm gonna need that gun back. <laughs> He's the best. I really, really gotta watch that show. Yeah, yeah you should. I, I, I've got to get the other books too. I haven't. Uh, I've read the first two, and both are really good. Uh, and I've heard that they go from like really good to excellent. So, oh. <laughs> I actually just started reading, uh, oh my God, what, why am I suddenly forgetting the name of it? That's weird. Where are you at, book? Shadow. Shadow and Bone. It's the, this young adult series, uh, and the Netflix show comes on next month. And people on Bookstagram are like, real excited about it. And I'm like, oh, they like this, sh- this book series. Okay. And there's like a shit ton of them. Uh, nice. And I was going to read this uh, horror book, this adult uh, horror novel that the author wrote that I've also heard is very good. Why do you call uh, it adult horror? That makes it sound like it's porn and horror. Uh, well, I were, only because I'm making the difference between the fact that the horror it's not a young adult. she's well known for is for young adults. But this Got you, I can. Uh, which is something that I've seen a lot of people describing it. Because I guess there's some fucked up stuff that happens in it because they're like, look, this is not like her other books. <laughs> this one has a warning. <laughs> Gotcha. Word, man. Charlie, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How's how's grandma? Uh, she's doing better. She had a really rough week. Uh, yep. The temperature's changing up here. It went from the coldest last week was like minus 18, and then yesterday was plus 12. So it's quite a big swing from of temperature. So Exactly. Uh, Exact opposite here. Six, 60s last week, 
tonight we're getting a storm that I, I saw one report referred to that could be bigger than the biggest storm since 1885. We had to go back oh, two centuries to find a storm comparable. So we should be worried that you might get blown to Oz. No, I'll be fine. Okay. I'm I'm in a basement. You're not you're not blowing me out of this basement to Oz. You might bury me in snow. <laughs> Fair. But so is the the temperature is it supposed to stay on the the on the rise then? Uh it's going to kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. It seems like it's going to be above freezing during the day for the next week, but Sunday's supposed to get kind of cold again at night and then most nights are just below freezing. Gotcha. And how are you how are you guys how do you guys stay warm up there? Do you guys have electric heat? Is it what do you guys fireplace? I know you guys uh, we have, have a, boondocks or something, right? What do you guys? Oh, uh, we have a fireplace for like emergencies, but no, we have oh. a we use a propane to heat the house. Propane to heat the house. How much propane do you go through then? I feel like I have like two big tanks outside. What's a big uh, tank? I, to I you? like the way that you asked that question. By the way, where you're just like, do you have uh, electricity in Canada? <laughs> well, no, I know he's out in it's the like, sticks. Yeah, I'm definitely out in the sticks, but it's a. Uh... Yeah, it seems to run. It hasn't run out. What's a big, other... what are two big, like you say big, big to me is human size. But I also work at a hospital and we have two story, you know, tall uh, oxygen contain built. Uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, uh, human size, like it's about my okay. height and like wider than I am. It's like, looks like and the how... whole tanks that you install it to your barbecue, just bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Giants barbecue they would go on. Exactly. And how often do you guys get those topped off? And does somebody come top them off? Do you got to take them somewhere to get them topped off? No, no, they're, they're, they're like, attached to the house. Um, like, a truck comes every... It seems to be about every other month. Every other I don't month, pay, wow. I don't pay super close attention to it, but... Uh, As someone who ahead. doesn't use propane, I have underestimated the... Uh, the capacity of it the uses no the capacity because i feel like a gallon of gas like i know how long a gallon of gas will last but like like a i don't know how long a propane tank would last to me it seems like two or three times and i'm gonna have to top it off but maybe I could, you go years <laughs> years with without topping it off i don't know yeah, it's, it's not quite years. It's a, I think it's like when it's really cold and you have the heat going the full time, it, it's uh, it's usually like once a month. But I think this this winter it's been every other month or so. Okay. Word. Word, man. Word. Well, I want to ask Billy something. We were Billy and I were texting earlier. Okay. And he, and he mentioned this to me. And uh, I, I didn't ask a follow-up. Um but it's it's about your story, the anthology story, uh, and and the names that you had to change. Yes. What names did you choose? Now Billy was it has a story that's going to be published in an anthology. He's working with an editor. They changed two names because they were a little bit plain. We'll say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what what'd you change them to? I'm just curious. This fascinated me because I I can't tell you. Oh, you cannot tell us. Why can't no, you tell I, us? I actually, I'm not, I can't really, I, well, maybe I could. I think it's, I'm not supposed to really talk about it 
uh, like the details or like okay, all right, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Okay, I can't remember for sure, but just be on the okay. Side. Not that I doubt, I, I doubt anybody would even listen to the podcast, but still, <laughs> I, don't I, undersell yourself. You have. I, you that have cut, dozens of listeners that cuts over the course deep. of your entire run. Both of you, shut the fuck up. You're cutting me deep. This is all I have. People listen. We're, I mean, we're I, an award-winning podcast. The got, Poets Award for Best Podcast. We is did what win we won. that award. And that, there was some hard competition that year. Hard yeah. competition that year. Every year, I mean, really. I think everyone it, it thought fierce. it was going to go to the Joe Rogan experience, but I was like, oh, guys, this is our year. You know, yeah, when the judges, they looked and they made the you right know, choice in you, that case. You know what fucked him up is having Ben Shapiro on his show. As soon as he did that, it was like, ah, oh, no, we got to go with that poet show. That's the one. <laughs> the non-controversial poet and Billy show. Hey, you've never oh, had like man. as far as I know, you've never had any like horrible uh bigoted people on here, so you're, you're much better. I mean I, I guess it depends on who you are. <laughs> yeah, I, you might not and you yeah, you don't listen to the episodes. What do you know? You besides you didn't hear the, the, the racist comment I made last week. I did racist. not. Oh man, that really made me laugh again <laughs> when I was editing it. Oh my god damn it. That's the worst joke. I'm glad I made it. It's uh, <laughs> the worst joke. I'm glad. Um, I speaking of podcasts, well, speaking of racist jokes, hold on. I know I'm changing gears fast. This is what I gotta say. Cocaine's out of the drug. Um, but your your podcasting talk made me think. I listened to Liz's birth hour episode. Oh, what'd you think, man? I you know so I knew some of this obviously just because you and I talk. Um. That was an emotional roller coaster, my dude. I, you know, you, I'm crying on the way home listening to this Liz tell this, tell us, you know, the, you know, the whole story. It was fascinating to listen to, too. Because of how um, well she told it, or was it because you knew us, or what was the? I, the how well she told it, I've I've learned a lot. Um, obviously, I think it helped that I knew you too. Um, and you know, I had I have an, a vested interest in you guys and your health and, and Booker obviously. And so, uh, um, it was just, it was really just interesting, you know, you know, listening to the, her just talk about the whole process and, 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 uh, her experience, uh, with it. But man, that, that was a real emotional roller coaster that you guys went through. It had its moments. Uh, you know, I I think that, you know, for the most part, everything went pretty well. You know, there are people that have it way harder <laughs> dealing with a pregnancy. For sure. Plus, I'm, as the guy, it's like, I mean, I'm, I don't, it's yeah, way you were different fine. for me. Uh, so, yeah, it, <laughs> it's, it was, it was an intense time. Um, yeah. And it's funny because sometimes I have to think back on it and be like, was it, how was that like, you know, going through the, but you know, for the most part, I think, you know, we were just excited to, to have a baby. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully it didn't like put a, a damper. I don't think on, uh, on the experience, at least not too much. Yeah. But still very, uh, it was a very, very good episode. And I felt like I learned a lot. I was talking about it with the, my charge nurse today. 
I was was well, so here's the thing. So we I have a charge nurse and then I have a, a another nurse that is relief charge. That nurse is pregnant. She's had um I don't want to talk about it, but uh I uh I I thought I had overheard her talking about uh uh listening to a podcast about birthing. I was like, "Oh, hey, uh uh, do you listen to podcasts? I was like, is, do you listen to this podcast? And and then that's when she was like, no. And I was like, oh, my friend's wife was on it talking about their their birth thing. And at the time, she was like, oh, oh, is it a bad birth or something? And I was like, I was like, well, no. And I showed her the title. I was like, this is what the episode's about. And I feel like the episode's title does not in any way convey what like the actual topics that are covered in that episode like that like the title literally I feel like covers five minutes of what Liz goes through in her experience um uh but uh she's also like super anxious and paranoid and so uh she's like oh I don't know if I should I would want to listen to that and I was like "Eh, I don't know and then, uh, and then, so of course that, that yesterday, this was yesterday. And then I drove home yesterday and I, li- I listened to it and I was like, Oh dear God, thank God she didn't listen to this. This would absolutely <laughs> make her panic. Especially when Liz was like, yeah, I got this thing that only happens to 1% of the population who doesn't have these very specific preexisting conditions. And I was like, God damn it. But, uh, yeah. So, uh. So, uh, yeah, it's, it it was, it was, it was really, it was really a good listen. Um, fascinating. And it was an emotional roller coaster. And I would say a contender for, uh, poets podcast of the year, 2021. Well, she did put a lot of work into it. It was, uh, you know, she knew months ago that she was going to do it. It is a popular podcast. It's got like, I think the Instagram on there. 20,000 something maybe no more than that actually I think it's got like way more than that uh, apparently a bunch of like famous people listen to it and stuff too which would be interesting I'm like I wonder if any famous people listen to my wife tell that story it'd be interesting um yeah but it's it's real popular she was telling me uh <laughs> cause uh, looking at the people you know, a lot of likes on the Instagram post uh, from the, the the podcast page and she told me the other day, like, ew. And I was like, what? And she was like, this pregnancy fetish guy just liked my episode. Uh... And I was like, what? Like, How do you know? His, like, username was something like, pre- like, literally just, like, pregnancy fetish. And when you go to his account on Instagram, it just said something like, I am pro-life and love pregnant women. <laughs> oh, no. Like, that, is a, that is a guy who is upfront about what he wants and what he likes. <laughs> eh, can't fault him for that. Least, least, least he's honest. <laughs> yeah, least he's honest. Um. Well, uh, uh, back to your anthology. So you can't talk about it. Do you know when, do you have any kind of like date when it will be released or? Um, or the summer. It'll be in that, that, like a, a direct date. I, I mean, yeah, assuming everything goes the way it's supposed to, mm-hmm. probably June, maybe July, I think. Yeah, she did tell us like a, like a sort of general area, I think. Of gotcha. It might come out, but you know, 
you never know when something might go wrong and might take longer. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. And are you done done? Uh, are you done I, done with your story or do you still got to make, are you still got to George Lucas it? I think I'm done. Uh, there's might be one or two like little things that might have to be fixed, but I think I'm pretty much where it needs to be. You're sure there's not going to be any new words that come out between now and then that you're going to want to slip in? I don't think so. <laughs> How often do new words come out? Hey, you know, I don't know, but I like, just... Is, is there a day, like, every now and then where the Webster comes out and he's just like, hey, I got a new word? Well, no, they, they do. That's like, the list of new year words yeah. for the year, but I don't know if they do, like, update it throughout the year or if they just, like, next the, January, they're like, the here's end of everything. The year thing. Yeah, it's the end of the year thing. These are I the just words can't imagine, the... like, if I'm looking at these words, I'm like, oh, shit, I could have used that. Hey, speaking of words, I just watched Little Wayne talk about uh, uh, Bling Bling and if he, uh, how did he come up with that and did he expect it to go get into the lexicon? And so they're just talking about it and then they're like, Did you, did you think, like, the white people would take that shit? Fuck no. <laughs> I didn't think they was going to know what the hell we talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> oh man, they sure did take that bling bling and run with it. Uh, it's like that. I can't remember if it was on the actual TV show or if it was an outtake on Chappelle's show when Dave Chappelle's talking about skeet, skeet, skeet. And he's like, <laughs> the funny thing about it is white people don't know what it means yet. Like, you can't say skeet on the radio. <laughs> Oh man, that's what that shit was so funny when he said that because it was so true. White people had no clue what skeet 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 meant up until the moment Dave Chappelle did that skit, and then they and then the whole world's like, oh, you know, they couldn't understand what the Yin Yang Twins was saying. All they understood was from the windows to the walls to the sweat drops down my balls. <laughs> Skeet, 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 skeet. Uh, this is going to be a weird episode. Oh. I'm just like waiting to see how long a Jedi should go. Uh, oh, oh, fuck. Uh, by the way, the reason I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Up... So here, hold on. I, I, I want to speak directly to Charlie calling me Jedi right there. The, my thing is Jedi has never been somebody's name. It's always been a title. And if I had been called war, if I had named myself warrior poet, which is what the Jedi is meant to reference, would you have called me warrior? I counter with, I don't know anyone whose actual name is poet either. It's usually just an occupation or a hobby, uh, so, not a. Soleil Moon Fry's son. Soleil Moon Fry's son is named poet. Okay. I didn't know that. Well. Better step your fucking game up, sir. I've never heard anybody is Jedi as a name. It's always been a title. There's got to be someone who's na- like named their oh, kid Jedi. Definitely. There absolutely has to be a Star Wars fan who d- who did that to their kid, or someone who's not a Star Wars fan. But they're like, I just think it sounds so cute, Jedi. <laughs> anyway, so uh, anthology this summer. Yeah, when I'm, I have more I'm really updates, excited. I'll definitely let you guys know. Oh, um, what, you were about to say something before I started off on the Jedi tangent. Oh, what well, you... yeah, I was just going to say that I, I remembered uh, 
the the reason I had brought up the Final Fantasy thing the other night I fi- I beat Final Fantasy remake uh, Final Fantasy seven remake the uh, the new new one what the one with like the the update the one know? that's like yeah that's not completely out all the parts aren't out yet or some no. other version oh. that's called the remake I don't know there's what? so no, many versions just... of Final Fantasy seven at this point I don't Is know there, which then? one you're I talking think about. Just the two. There's the PlayStation version. There's the version that they ported to all the other things. There's the one they remastered. There's the Japanese version that Cloud bought a Japanese PlayStation. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's why you think there's so many versions, though, is because Cloud has all those different ones. So you're like, oh, there's so many. There's really not. There's there's the original one that's been like... updated to not be so like blocky because you know old school games would look like when you play them on like high definition tv so uh and then there's the actual the remake uh yeah i have and yeah that's what i that's, that's the what one I you just beat the remake. The, uh, so the first third you just beat the first third of the game i think it's like a third yeah it yeah seems it's roughly like a, it's like roughly a third uh I think. man it's it's excellent it's just an absolutely amazing game I loved it. I really want to play the next section whenever it comes out. Uh, it's it's everything about it is just absolutely fantastic. Uh, even if you've never played Final Fantasy before, I think you should definitely play this. One. I was curious, I was about, curious that, about that because like how like, how connected are all the Final Fantasies? And I've never played any of them. You can play any Final Fantasy uh, of like the main. Or I think. Of uh, series like one through fifteen, none of them are connected, and the ones that are connected are like, and there's only a few of those. Usually have like a, a sequel to it. So like, there's a Final Fantasy ten two, which is the sequel to ten, and then there's a Final Fantasy thirteen two, and also another one I think that's like a spinoff of that it's called like thirteen Lightning Returns. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's just a, it's just fantastic. Even if you haven't played uh, not just the original, but you know any Final Fantasy game, it's everything about it: the gameplay, the story, the characters. It's just and it's just a, and it's a gorgeous game too. It looks amazing. Uh, I just I couldn't stop playing. Liz was Liz came in the other. Day, I was like, "You're still playing this game?" And I was like, "Yeah," because I know I'm coming close to the end. Because and the only reason I knew that. Uh, or like had a suspicion of it because I played the original. So I was like, okay, I think I, I tried to avoid spoilers, but I was like, I think I know when this game is going to end based on the original game, which I was sort of right. Uh, but then there's like a lot of extra shit that gets added in there too, to make it make sense to be like a, a single like story, uh, which was fantastic. Add, yeah. They added some Sephiroth stuff in there, right? Yeah, there's a lot more Sephiroth, and I like that too because it's a lot more. Uh, I think anyway for the you know there's he's mentioned in earlier in the game in the, uh, the original where like he doesn't necessarily come out of nowhere exactly, but there are points where it's like you know there's only so much they could have done back then to really get certain points across like their story points across. Mm-hmm. Uh. So in this one, it's they do this great thing uh, with Sifiroth, where like he's kind of like just in, like a figment of a of Cloud's imagination. Like sometimes Cloud just kind of like having these sort of what seems like post traumatic stress disorder moments, and he's seeing Sifiroth, who's talking to him and like giving him a hard time or like nudging him to do things and like 
to get him to go in a different direction. So you're like, if you haven't played, you're like, I don't know if this guy is even alive or if this is all in Cloud's head. Intrigued. And actually, I think it's still kind of questionable when you get to the end of the first one. Where you're like, is he alive? Like, was that even him? Like, this is. <laughs> so you like, don't know I, if the you... top is spinning? Yeah, no, exactly. Or if it's going to fall, I mean. It is a it is ninety percent completely clear cut what is going on in that story, like throughout most of the game, where you're like, okay, I know what's happening here, I understand this, I know what's happening, I can follow the story, cool. And then you hit like that ninety five percent moment towards the end of the game, where things start coming out, and it's like, <coughs> what? is happening i don't understand any of this but it is amazing and i want all of it uh i don't know what this sephiroth guy is or what he's talking about but i am terrified of him but i'm gonna beat the shit out of him (laughs) nice so yeah it's it's so worth playing and i'm sure it's gonna come out eventually on other systems i I highly doubt they're gonna keep it on just as a just as a playstation exclusive my guess is it probably won't port until they've completed the game. Yeah, they might do like a co- I, complete com- collection thing. Yeah, and I just that can't might imagine. Be a while though, because yeah, like, I don't know the, how much they've made, like how much progress they've made in those. Uh, especially since you know these next ones will definitely be coming out on the um, what do you call it? You PlayStation know, Five. PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um. You know the one. Yeah. Five. Just just count up one, Billy. The, you know the new, the Nintendo, the thing. <laughs> the you know, the like Sega things. CD, right? Hey, speaking of uh, of the things, you know, did you guys see this week that some guy crammed all of Tenet onto like eight Game Boy cartridges so you could watch it on a Game Boy? Oh, yeah, I did. See, I, I didn't know if that was a, just a joke or not, but I did see something about it because like, uh, the comment I saw, and I don't know if it was the guy that said it, but he was like, I don't care what Christopher Nolan says, the only way to watch Tenet is on a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> yeah. That uh, is true. It's, it's the true form of cinema is Game Boy Advance cartridges. Yeah, he had to break it into like 30-minute segments because that's the most that like you can have on a Game Boy and it would still be playable. Wow. Um, I was trying to find it, what he said, like, they what they drop the frame rate to? Ugh, and it, they'd have to drop the quality so much. I can yeah. just hear your heart breaking. <laughs> Let's see. It's like I didn't even like Tenet that much, but that's sad. All right, all right. So here we go. Are you ready? The yeah. trade-offs for putting it onto um, what did he say? Five. So five Game Boy cartridges. Um, he got. <laughs> He got it down to six frames per second with a a resolution of 192 by 128 and eight kilobyte second bit rate. (laughs) I don't know what any of that means. That's wrong. Oh, man, it's hilarious. That's a sin. It's a hilarious sin. Um, Like, Chris... Nolan hates that guy. If he ever finds out about this, he'll be like, no, 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 that guy, I don't care how you do it, he is banned from ever seeing my movies. Christopher Nolan hasn't seen that guy. He's too busy trying to get back to the Batman universe since he, his last movie crashed and burned. 
Boom, roasted. I, I don't think he's going back to Batman because he's not going to work with the. Uh, no, it was a joke. Uh, it was a joke. WB anymore. It, it was a joke. Is there, oh, yeah. he's not. Did they have well, a falling he's, out or? Yeah, yeah because he got super uh, pissed the, about they're putting the all their movies on HBO Max. Date. Yeah, the day and date oh, release on that's HBO right, Max, right. which has just a a a, a, a new uh, I don't remember what it was, but a new survey came out and it has been a wildly popular thing for Warner Brothers. Oh, I am one hundred percent getting HBO Max day. as soon as like the next movie that I want to see, like because uh, I think it's probably going to be the Mortal Godzilla versus Kong movie. No, because that comes out uh, after that. Oh, okay. But I would want to see Godzilla versus Kong, and like that, I just don't it's, understand. If you have a, like, and I get it, I love the movie theater experience, and I absolutely miss it. But if you have a thing that is meant to be seen by people, and the best way to like get it out to people, and the safest way at the moment to get it out to people is available to you, and you're pissed about it, like that's that's so strange to me. Yeah, I think it was from what I've heard. Like I agree. Like right now pushing anything in cinemas is a bad idea but uh back then it was the re- even worse yes back then it was even worse nolan is absolutely not the right guy to be championing this he's a dickhead but he i think his argument which does have merit is it was the fact that they did this after the fact not telling any of the filmmakers and just announce the entire slate for next year including all the ones that their contracts were written and signed with the notion of it being cinema first and then streaming. So like a lot of uh, pretty much everyone involved is going to get a massive pay reduction as well, because most people are, they sign their contracts so they get more from the theatricals release and then it goes to streaming afterwards. But if it goes straight to streaming, it will massively cut into that and they didn't get to negotiate from that. So basically Warner brothers said, we're going to take a loss on all of theatrical films and put it out to give our streaming service a boost without consulting any of the filmmakers. Well, coupled with that, they did consult two people and cut Patty Jenkins and Gail Gadot checks from the wonder woman. Yeah. So it and not that those women don't deserve to get those checks. Definitely. Like, basically just Warner Brothers handled it really Maybe badly from me. a business yeah. side. Yeah. And, and and let's be fair. Technically, not Warner Brothers that did this. AT&T that did this. This all yeah. came down from the AT&T side of things. Which is why I think eventually Warner Brothers is, is going to get sold off from AT&T. Because of how badly they've handled it and damaged their reputation in the industry as a whole, even yeah. though it's it's popular with the consumer, um, they're, they right now have content for the consumer. I think they've damaged their relationship with Hollywood in a manner that's going to reduce the content they have. So unless yeah. they're going they're forward, putting they're out their a lot of filmmakers angry at them, yeah. So they're going to have to rely heavily on their DC universe. I'm guessing. My, my bet is Nolan's going to go to Sony because they're the only studio that doesn't have a streaming platform at the moment. And I, I, it's, it's, then, I, then we'll get the wrong. trilogy we've really always wanted point, for the Spider-Man, so the Spider-Man know, trilogy. He'll just follow Tarantino. That's where Tarantino went after the you know everything bad with Weinstein came up. Oh God, I just is that who he's with? I didn't know that. Is he do, is are, is he doing one more or is he done? I can't remember. 
Uh, like he's doing another film. He hasn't announced what it is. He has. And is this the, He has like five he has, other projects he's plan. He's talking about doing that's going to be his last film. So. And this one is ten, right? This is his tenth one. Still, this is the one we're waiting on. I th- yeah, because I know famously he said he was only going to do ten movies. Yeah, but Tarantino is also like. I love the guy. I've liked every one of his films, even the flawed mm. ones. But uh, mm. I... what ones didn't you like? Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Two. Oh, you got to watch rewatch Jackie Brown, man. No, it, I don't. I didn't like it either um... when I first saw it. It's now like up there as one of his better ones mm-hmm. on rewatch. It's a... Did you just yeah. tell Poet that Hard he needs to watch something that he doesn't want to watch? Because I got. I know. Uh, I I I heard it as I was saying it. It was like this is a lost battle already, but it, yeah. it's good. Let me. Uh, I mean, I feel like I should know all of his movies, but all of a sudden I can't think. My favorite movie of his isn't even one he directed. True can mass. you guess? Yeah, I mean that was. I guess I guess you can guess it. <laughs> so it's, it's, there's not a long list of ones that are his. That Probably Hateful Eight would be. Near the bottom as well. Yeah, that's probably near the bottom for me. I like it. I, I'm glad I saw it in 70 millimeter. That was awesome. It's not that fun to rewatch. Really long. Yeah. Favorite is definitely um, Kill Bill and Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. All kind of like in a three-way tie. I beg your pardon? Uh, drink. Oh, yes, um, a bottle of warm sake, please. Warm sake? The cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. <sighs> Eddie at the spot. Excuse me, Mr. Pink, but the last fucking thing you need is another cup of coffee. <laughs> it depends a lot on my mood. Uh, weirdly, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when I first saw it, was my least favorite of his, and it's just crept up higher and higher in his ranking. So I think it's up in his top tier. The movie's grown on me, um, but it's still by no means one um, that I would watch. Like if, if you're giving me Quint, like if I, you know, if I'm flipping through the channels and there are just different channels that are showing all of Quentin's movies, it's definitely not the one I'm watching. I'm probably bouncing between Kill Bill, Reservoir, and Pulp Fiction. That's One, fair. not two, not two. Fuck two. But Kill, Two's Kill boring Bill 2 is the, the worst. Climax of the film. Like, I think, no, uh, yeah, it's not. I, I it's actually, it's funny. Kill Bill 2, I also didn't like when I first saw it, but uh, no, I watched it again for the first time in a long time a year or two ago. And yeah, I really liked it a lot more than I thought. Now, that said, I also don't like. Both of them, even if you're looking at them as one movie, I don't like Kill Bill as much as a lot of people do. Like I, 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 I would, I would put Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs as my favorites from him. Uh, and you know, a surprising one to me, but you know, it's been a while since I've seen it. The closest to that, to those two, to me, is probably Django Unchained. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that mo- I love that movie. Uh, but you know, a, the reason that it's not as good to me, his his cameo. Uh, oh, he does have a bad cameo. He's like an Australian. It's actor. like right no. in the climax. Like it's just before the climax, and it it kills all the momentum of the film. Like I like Django and Jane, but man, 
that's bad. I don't even remember it, his cameo. It's the one. same. It's the same reason. It's one of the big problems I have with his movies. Pretty much all the time, like for any new movie that he has, every time it's like, why is this is way longer than it needs to be? Like he needs to, he needed to cut this down. So you haven't seen the four hour version of the hateful eight? Fuck no. And I don't, I'm, I, I'm, and I can't imagine finding myself in a situation where I'm like, I think now's the time. I just, there's too many other things that I want to watch with, that are also long. And... That's what she said. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Michael. Michael, please. please. Like, if I'm going to put the time into something, I'd rather it be something that I haven't seen a version of already that I didn't love. I didn't hate it. I, I, you know, I didn't hate the hate. hate. Uh, but but I, didn't, I didn't like it enough to be like, oh, I want to see a longer version of uh, I said yeah, we're watching the Zack Snyder version of <laughs> Justice League, but I'm doing that mostly. To... You're hate watching that. I'm not hate. I'm not going in with the concept of like I'm gonna hate this. Although it maybe mm. sounds like like I am. I'm going in because I'm like, look, this movie that when I saw it before, like the original, the whatever Josh Whedon cut. I don't know what the hell you call it. I didn't completely. Hate it. I was like, there were parts of this that I enjoyed, that I thought was fun. It was very short. Because wasn't that? Isn't the original cut like ninety minutes? It's not a long movie. I th- I think it's just under two hours. So I'm like, you know, given that there were a, there were parts of that movie that I did enjoy, and parts that like like the way that you put it before poet about like parts that are unearned at moments that they might actually become earned in a longer version. So there are, I think there are ways where a longer version of that movie could work better. Four hours is probably pushing it. Uh, and I'm sure that I'm going to get to the end of it and feel like, God, I'm never watching that again. Cause it's way too long. But I think, I, I think I'm going to get something positive out of it. What if it was just under eight hours? Well, then I, there, you, if if it was okay, if, at that point you just need to make it a miniseries. Like, don't you know? Well, because I mean, technically, we just finished an almost eight-hour-long WandaVision movie. It's not a movie, I, though. It's I mean, like it's if you were to watch it, if you were to edit, but if you it edited is, it together, you could watch that as a solid movie, and it wouldn't. I mean, you, it you can say that about work. any TV show, though. Yeah, like I, it, it not, uh, not all TV shows. Sure, look, I put together Every episode all of seasons of Law and Order. It is a twelve billion <laughs> hour long movie. <laughs> Once you start it, it never ends. Time is a flat circle. But uh, like it, the, the thing with one of is, and it's so clearly constructed to be episodic. Like, the, especially because it has so many like uh, it's such a love letter to, meals, to television. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't really. You could, but it wouldn't work as well. I was just making a joke, you guys. Goddamn. Well, I. You're talking about film. I get passionate. We don't, we don't joke around here. You know, what you think this is? A podcast. Or something. Speaking I, I, about the gentleman. Out here casting. Oh, were we actually going to talk about the gentleman? I don't know. Well, that that's originally what this this thing was about. Was going to be a gentleman slash. Uh, 
Robert, what's his name? I can't, uh, Guy Ritchie Wait, film Robert? retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a it's been Guy a, it's been Rodriguez. A, it's been a it's been a long week. A Guy Ritchie retrospective, but I didn't watch any other films of his. Uh, no, um, nor did I. Um, and I know Billy ain't watched shit. But uh, the, you know, we did watch the gentleman. It was good. I liked it. It was. Liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. Actually, it has problems. Definitely quite a few. And it, it it seems to me that Guy Ritchie has one film he does really well, and that's like his British gangster movie. And he did it with Lockstock. Anyone like jewelry? Look at that one there. Handmade in Italy. Hand stolen in Stepney. It's as long as my arm. I wish it was as long as something else. <laughs> and then he made it again, but kind of slicker with Snatch. London. London. London? Yes, London. You know, fish, chips, cup of tea, bad food, worse weather, Mary fucking Poppins, London. And then he's just done that over and over and over again. What's a rock and roller? And I'll tell him, it's not about drums, drugs, and hospital drips. Oh no. There's more there than that, my friend. We all like a bit of a good life. Some the money, some the drugs, others the sex game, the glamour, or the fame. But a rock and roller, oh, he's different. Why? Because a real rock and roller wants the fucking lot. <laughs> Unless he's doing his big budget films, but this was that, so it, it's diminishing returns each time he does it. But it's still charming, aside from the horrible racism. Aside from that, that, I, mean, that got I feel like glaring. I feel like that was that horrible racism, or was it just casual racism? Because I feel like there's much other racism that I would call horrible racism. Fair point. It was. It was. Uh, overwhelming amount of casual racism let's go with that which i i don't know could be pretty prevalent in the uk it it absolutely could be and definitely is but i feel that this film was less like this is a horrible thing that happens there than this is just a thing it just like yeah these are what the characters talk like but it didn't really i don't know not that it wasn't earned but it just it's it's just added like a layer of nastiness to the film that was a little off-putting. Yeah, no, I get you. I just was trying to distinguish on casual versus. Yeah, I, I know I, that's a good point. Like, it and I think some 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 may argue that all racism is horrible racism. Yeah, it's just <laughs> levels of horribleness. Some may argue that. As three white dudes, this is definitely a topic we are, have the authority to Look, talk about. I know that it's controversial to say it, but I'm going to say it. Racism is bad. <laughs> you are a brave man taking this stand, I have to say. Boo racism. The, the bar is so low for me, it's... Well, you are it's actually yourself. It's actually a little sad that I've only... That I've gone as far as I have in life. Like, really, I... There's things I really should I should be like a millionaire by now if I really put my mind to it. But eh, what are you gonna do? When the pandemic's I should be a over, trillionaire a by now you. if I was someone else and born at a different time or whatever. Liz was just talking about the other night the uh, you know the question you get when you're doing like you know, whenever you're, if you're like 
meeting people for like a dating thing or if you're just having fun with friends. Or, yeah, they, you have like those inevitable questions. <laughs> like, if you could live in any time period, which one would you, what would you pick? The future. Uh, and pe- no. Dinosaurs. The past, you jackass. Like, no one, that's not what they mean. Uh, you know, so they, uh, you know, the people will be like, oh man, the 50s and the 60s. And this is like now. Always now. Because if I go back, it is always going to be worse. <laughs> 100%. On two fronts. A friend of mine wanted to do a short film once where it was uh, a group of people time traveling and uh, it would be like a group of black students and the teacher would be like, okay, who wants to go back to uh, this time? What time is it? 18? No. <laughs> what about no? Nothing before this point. It is not a good place for us to go. Things are bad now. They were worse then. <laughs> Way worse. Um, The future. That's what I want to go to. Oh, but uh, what if you go too far into the future? Because you don't know what's going to happen. And the, the Morlocks are there? Or, or, like, nothing is there. What if you just, like, you go into the future? Oh, you can you imagine? In... Billy, did you really just say that? You're asking me, what if I went to the future and there was no one around? Fantastic. No, Thank not you. No one, nothing. Like, Fine. You literally are, like, Perfect. You're stuck in, like, Thank you. never ending space. Freedom. We should just go ahead and, like, oh shit, global warming was real. Everything's <laughs> ruined. You're like, this is fantastic. I'd I probably can't ass- breathe. I'd probably assume that I, sh- I should have said I want to go into the correct space time in the future and not just into the future and that the earth is probably fine but it's just on the other side of the sun and i'm just floating in the earth where it was when i said i want to go to the future i do think about that like i think it's funny when they have like and it makes sense like for a story so it's not it doesn't like ruin it for me uh but whenever there's like a time machine and it takes people back to like like in back to the future like the car ends up in that exact spot but in the past but it wouldn't the earth wouldn't have been in that spot at that time so wouldn't the car just end up like in space yes don't don't ask questions no i know it doesn't ruin it for me i'm like i I get it you know there's only something i would i would say yes but what you're not considering is that the time uh machine effect is taking place on the earth to begin with. And so it's trapped inside earth's gravity. Well, and so when it comes out the other side in the appropriate time as depicted in the settings, it's still inside earth's gravity. Well, so it just appears where it would have normally. That is not a terrible excuse. It's not really a good one, but it's, I mean, that can, you can make that work in a uh, in a science fiction story. I think, like, oh yeah, this is why. I'm like, okay, yeah. If you say so, that's the main thing the flux capacitor does is holds it into the right spot. Yeah, that, that that's it. That's why it's the Y shape because it's the, yeah, it's, 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 it's setting the time machine on the Y axis of the space time continuum. Exactly. So the 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 whatever device. The thing it does the stuff. So the gentleman was so good. We're talking about Back to the Future with jokes. <laughs> oh no, no! It's yeah, well. I remember specifically the reason. I guess I was surprised because we were we did mention maybe talking about all of Guy Ritchie. Because the thing is, like, it was 
it was like a, a pretty good movie. It was fun, but it is also one of those movies where I'm like, I just don't know much to say about it. Where, you know, there are parts of it that I thought were really fun and entertaining. Uh, probably the, I want to say maybe, it's hard to say the best part because, you know, it's. Well, I think there's, the there's best. There's a lot of. There's a lot of really fun bits. My my favorite was just the uh, storytelling structure for the first chunk of it, where it's a character talking to another, pitching a film idea. I want you to imagine a character, a dramatic character, like in a book or a play or a film, but not digital, not on a memory stick, analog, chemical process. Keep the grain in the picture, I say. Old school, 35 mil. <laughs> it's it kind of keeps screwing with times like that's not what happened i was there all right i was just trying to you know make things more splashy for the film yeah um and and that specific that character is specifically the thing um that one of the things i enjoy most about the film is hugh grant buenos tardes Ramundo. <laughs> i think his performance um, yeah it's he's it's a he, really fun character from him yeah and and charlie hunan i should stop you with that fucking rolling pin i love as uh the conciliary uh to matthew mcconaughey's character i think you know he played that very different than you would normally see those characters uh played it's, um, it's probably the best thing i've seen him in i haven't seen sons of anarchy but I, it's the thing i've enjoyed the most from him in quite a while. For this is a, so I so I've only ever watched Sons of Anarchy. Oh no, I watched King Arthur. I try to black that out. So I've watched Sons of Anarchy, King Graham? Arthur. I blacked that out too. Uh and this movie and unequivocally this has been my favorite film he's been in. Um and performance uh Sons of Anarchy it it's fine. I get why uh people are uh uh, uh, liked that show and his character um, specifically. Uh, he is very believable as a sort of a you know a motorcycle outlaw. Um, uh, but the, I just really like this performance. And you know, there he's playing an American. This one he's playing you know a Brit, which he's which he is, and so. Uh, it's nice to see him as, you know, sort of as, as himself. Um, if I, you know, whatever that means. Uh, I just like those Hugh Grant and him were my favorite parts of this m movie. And they, I mean, they're, they're sort of the main crux of it really, because he's telling, uh, you know, Hugh Grant's telling Charlie the story. So you're really dealing with their interactions for a, a large chunk of the movie. Yeah, they have really good chemistry off each other. Yeah. Uh, McConaughey's also really good in it. Yeah, McConaughey's yeah. good. It's, he's not doing anything else you haven't seen him do in a lot of other films, but he, yeah. he does it well and he's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, it's Colin Farrell is probably my favorite. Oh, I completely forgot yeah. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell is fantastic in this <laughs> movie. His role is a bit smaller than, I think, really everybody else's, but he's in enough of it to where like every time he's in a scene, I'm like, all right, yeah, this guy again. <laughs> Yeah, and and the and the and the scene with him and Charlie is like one of my favorites. Good lord! I mean, I was there, and I'm still shocked. Is that who I think it is? Yeah, it certainly is. 
That's your doing. You can't unsee it once you've seen it, can you? No, you can't unsee it. It's nightmare fuel. That'll be with me forever. <laughs> and yeah, just, just like how polite he is in this whole situation. It's just, it's, I, I, he, again, his care, it was a really fun character and his portrayal of it really was endearing. Like you could, I could totally see like being, you know, like being like, oh yeah, what's up? I'd be cool with that guy. Like I'd definitely be like, hey, what's up coach? Yeah, he's, he's fun. Um, Michelle Dockley's pretty good from, I'm probably the only one who saw Downton Abbey, but it's really fun watching her be the complete opposite of her character. How dare you, sir? How dare you presume I hadn't watched all of Downton Abbey and the film? Have you? No, I haven't. It's, it is so much better than I, it has any right to be. I, I wish, it was one of the ones I watched with my grandma, and I was just shocked at how much I love it. We have hey, the only, watched it three times start to finish now. The only thing I know about Downton Abbey is uh, the dinner scene with the exploding ulcer. Because it, it was a question, or it was an answer on one of the Big Fat Quiz uh, year-end episodes. That is in the sixth and final season. Though, I will say, the show has a shockingly high body count for like what is a period drama. There is usually at least one to two major characters die per season. And some oh. of them are pretty gruesome and shocking, where you're like, that was really unexpected. Hey, I believe it, man. My mom watches Midsummer Murders. Do you know how many motherfuckers are dying in the middle of England? That shit is well, lit, uh, son. At least one per episode. Usually yeah. two. <laughs> Sometimes three. <laughs> well, goddamn, bodies are just piling up in this little-ass town. It's like one season set during World War One, so you're like, I get it, people are gonna die in this one, but it's after that, it's like, wow, we're, we're still just like dropping people, huh? But yeah, uh, what would you say your favorite guy Richie is? Aladdin or? Uh... Oh well, no, it has to be swept away. The the remake of the Italian film with his at time wife Madonna. Well, I, I mean, I, that seen. that was obvious. I didn't want to count that one. Uh, yeah, um, it's. Probably Snatch. Like, Lockstock is amazing, and it's the more, like, true uh, film nerd one, because it's a bit more... It was his first. It was really groundbreaking. I like Snatch more, just because I like Snatch how people... is so fun. Have you heard him yeah. talk about Lockstock? No. Not recently, I like how no. I like how people talk about that movie being groundbreaking. That motherfucker did not know what he was doing, and just strung a bunch of shit together, and cast people that he liked, and... It did work out to be a pretty uh, good movie, and it was a uh, something that hadn't been there. But like groundbreaking, like this dude well, was this, like. The thing was, he just had a really unique and interesting style. That uh, actually, I had a debate with someone on Twitter a little while ago. They're like, "Which is better, Lockstock or Reservoir Dogs?" And I was like, "Well, Reservoir Dogs was at the beginning of the '90s, and Lockstock is a hundred percent inspired by Reservoir Dogs." So. I don't know what you could say is better. It's like, this was just trying to redo that, but in England. It was going off that, like, 90s gritty crime drama that became really popular because of Tarantino. And it's... <clears throat> and to me, they both look and feel like people who don't necessarily know what they're doing behind the camera, 
but really want to be behind the camera and are giving it their best. Yeah. Like, and go on to be some of, you know, some, you know, of our best directors or whatever. You know, one of them, our best director, one of them, an all right director. Yeah. Like Guy Ritchie's, he tries. I, I don't like. I like the Sherlock Holmes's. I think Rock and Rolla is my favorite from um, a story perspective and the characters. I just like. The actors and the characters are also charming in Rock and Rolla. Um, it's a more concise and consolidated group of characters and story, whereas I feel like some of the other ones can get sort of disjointed and disconnected and are loose, are kind of loosely connected, if, if you will, into a yeah, into like, a narrative. He, even his best films, it does lean harder into the style over substance. That's always been kind of his thing. Yeah. And it's, but uh, to go back to Gentleman, I think that's kind of why I enjoyed Gentleman as well. Cause it, it, it is just more of that, but it, Very it was fun. Like it was just like, Oh, this is kind of cool to, it, it's not a groundbreaking film, but I enjoyed watching it and I had fun. And like the three of us watched it and had a good time. And I, yeah. I was a little drunk by the end. It was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Billy, what would you what would you say your your favorite guy, Richie? Wait, my favorite? Or are you talking internally? No, I was asking you what because no, I said Char- mine was I I probably didn't I say Billy? Yeah, I asked Charlie. Oh, said, you cut off and so I didn't hear my oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah, like, Billy. And I wasn't I wasn't about to be like shut William, up, Charlie. Time for me. William I will tell you. I will talk about <laughs> Uh, no. My favorite, I think, is always going to be Snatch, just because mm-hmm. that was like that one. I just always, I, I, I watched it a ton because yeah. uh, I, I, I think I saw Lockstock first. I was like, this is cool. Is this guy made any other movies? And uh, I saw Snatch, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this. And I was like, I thought that every like what happened with Lockstock, I thought he did even better with Snatch. Uh, and after that, and granted, I know they're not all the same story. But all of his like gangster films like that feel so much alike that they feel kind of the same to me. Not necessarily in a bad way, but I think because of that, I there hasn't been enough of a change in any of them, or in a, in a positive way anyway, where I, Snatch has been like knocked off of that pedestal. Yeah, I'll and there's those. also so much good in Snatch. Like it's got an amazing score. Uh, Jason Statham's probably the best he's ever been. Brad Pitt's just insane with the accent and character he's playing like can't really understand much of what is being said you tell me come back to Catherine. he's thrown ill fuck man tell me mickey it's not irish it's not english how are you fair the witness mccandless for the horses you know it's it's such a weird fast talking choice he made and he nails it i've I, I, he's one of the few people i've that i've seen irish people compliment his irish accent uh, yeah, like because I love watching exactly like the like I've been to Ireland. You sometimes are in pubs and someone will talk to you for a minute and you just nod. I'm like, I don't have a fucking clue what he just said, but I'm gonna nod and agree because he's very happy and intense and in my face. Like it, it, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, Periwinkle Blue. I had. Have you ever seen the bank job, Charlie? Ah, the bank job. Yes. Jason Statham. That's my favorite uh, Jason Statham movie and performance. Ooh. 
He is really good in that, and he's it's 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 a film that was marketed as just like another one of his yeah. cookie cutter action films, but he actually really gets to like flex. And there's there's li- there's literally a scene of action, and it almost feels like they're like. We well, need we to do put have, one in. <laughs> well, we do have Jason Statham in here, and he doesn't punch anything. We just maybe we should just have him punch somebody. You know what that I mean? That is a really good film. Uh, um, I, I I adore him in Spy. He is so funny. I see. I haven't seen it, and yeah, I I have heard good things about him. It's really funny. That's the the whole movie's funny, but yeah, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, yeah, Melissa yeah. McCarthy one. Yeah, it's, I've heard it's really good. good things about it. Uh, I it was. I kind of went in being like, this probably won't be great, but it might have a few laughs. It's funny the whole way through. It's consistently funny. And Jason Satham kills the movie of just, uh, at one point, he's like, he's always this incredibly tough, cockney, badass spy. There's a line in the movie, he's like, oh, I know that poison. Uh, I survived it by being in an underground poison swallowing contest. I went 138 rounds and I lived. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? is where did you get a suit? I made it, didn't I? I sewed it together from the drapes. <laughs> He's just so intense and funny and serious, and he never breaks. Like, at one point, he's like, I had to sew my arm back on with this arm. And he just holds up the other arm. It's like, my arm was off, and I sewed it back on with this arm and holds up the other one. You're like, what the fuck? It's, That's funny. It's, he just, it's really I, fun I, to lean into his com- comedic side. Yeah, yeah, and because really all he has to do is, even though I haven't seen the movie, I can imagine him based on how he's, because if he plays it straight, that sounds hilarious. And it's so funny. And he, because he's got, he's one of those actors who he doesn't really do a lot of like acting. You know, he's not like a character actor. He's one of those yeah. guys that's like, when you get Jason Statham, he's Jason Statham. But that's not a bad thing. Like, that's actually pretty great. He's really good at being that character that he's kind of yeah. built a niche for himself. Because I was thinking, I'm like, what would I say my favorite or, like, his best role is? And I keep thinking, I'm like, well, that's kind of the same and that's kind of the same. But really, I guess it has more to do with how I feel about the movie. Because I really like uh, the – I haven't seen it in a long time, so I could be wrong about if it's any good or not. But I remember really liking the first Transporter movie. Uh, it's yeah. That is just like a – a perfectly made machine of that type of film. It's it's really well done. It's great action. He's good in it. Because that was, I think, his... Was it his first, like, major one on his own? Yeah, because I, I think so. Because that was, like, the yeah, first... Uh, like, the first thing I remember seeing him yeah. in, really. Well, um, he had done also, a lot I love of Frank. stuff on Jet Li. He was a foil to early Jet Li. Oh yeah, he was in like um, the one. The one. He was the cop chasing him in the one. Um, and there was another movie that he had a very small uh, fight scene in. Um, war, which I haven't seen. Yeah, yet. War. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, cause I, cause I had seen him before the transporters. I've, I've been a fan of his for a while. Cause I was, I was watching the Jet Li movies that he, that, that he had popped up in. Um, you know what he was before an actor? Uh, I vaguely, I rem- you'll say it and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. He was an Olympic diver. No, I didn't. I don't know what yeah. the fuck I thought you were going to say, but that was a hundred percent. Not it. Yeah. Before he was an actor, he was an Olympic level, like, Professional diver. I could see that. Uh, Let's see. What was his first? Probably Lockstock. 
Yeah, I would think so, but like the first like major movie I think I was aware of him in was probably the Transporter. Either of you two see the crack films? The Transporter was his first. Well, so he. Well, this is. I mean, he the Transporter, and then he followed that up with the Italian Job. Oh yeah, he wasn't. Oh yeah, and then he had that. Yeah, he was great. Like enjoying that movie. That yeah, that Italian Job was really good. But then he's in one of my all-time favorite movies, Collateral. He's in that for like a minute, a half, yeah, a half a second. He's the one. He gives the briefcase to yep, Tom Cruise. To Tom and Cruise, because they were like, "We need someone badass to hand this off," and they were like, "Dude, let's see if we can get Statham." Um, this is the third time I'm gonna bring him up because no one's bit yet. Have either of you seen the Crank films? Yeah, no, they're terrible. Oh yeah, so oh, they're not terrible. On. They're fucking amazing. They're terrible. I saw the first one. Uh, it was terrible. And I never oh, the watched second. The second. The second one is better as it turns into a complete Looney Tunes cartoon of like frenetic insane. It's it's so dumb, but so great because everything they did in the first crank, they turn up to a higher level of craziness in the next one. I mean, you would have to because he dies at the end of the first one. Spoilers. Oh, uh, my God. Pretty heavily. Yeah. and, And the movie starts with him. Uh, a rival Yakuza ganks scraping him up from the pavement, uh, removing his heart and replacing it with like a battery that, uh, and then they're going to remove his penis and he wakes up, fights them to death and then realizes his heart is now a battery that he constantly has to shock with electricity to keep it going so he can get his heart back. Yeah, they're terrible. Hey, speaking of terrible. It's so fun. Speaking of terrible. Officially, two hours ago, both leads are returning for the sequel. Of? Face Off. What? I will Nick watch Cage? that movie the day it comes out. It's Nick Adam, Cage Adam Wingard's directing uh, that. And John Travolta him. are returning what? for Face Off 2. If you, face, you know what it's called, face off two, face on. If you had said uh, like, "Hey, are you gonna wa- if I are you gonna watch the new John Travolta movie?" and I was like, "I don't know what that is," but the answer is no. <laughs> but the minute you're like, "It's face off two, I'm like, "Yes, I'm there, right?" Yes. Okay, so, He's like, "Remember, I'm already in line at the theater." That is a that is a period of action movies that I think gets shit on a lot, but like. Con Air and like Face Off, those movies Dude, are amazing. I don't care. If I I love Face Con Off Air. Also John, it was one of Face uh, Off. Was John Woo's first American film, but it was like one of his big one of his first ones. Yeah, it was one of his first attempts to break into the American market, and it is wonderfully bug nuts, fucking crazy. It's great. It's got that terrible rape scene in it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Don't remember that. That's horrible. <laughs> Well, yeah, what's-his-name sleeps with his wife, and she That's somehow right. doesn't recognize that the man has a different penis. They just and swapped also a different faces. height, and also, yeah. there's a, a lot of things body. that people should have noticed. Let's be, uh, well, I, I guess it'd be weird to be like, man, you know, you guys think Jack got taller? Like, it's weird, right? Like, there's something different about him. He doesn't remember, like, any of our little... He doesn't talk the same way. He doesn't, have the same he doesn't do the thing every time we meet where he rubs his fingers down my face. 
What? This is weird. That's how they can tell when it's him because, like, he is a father. Like, that's what he did to, like, his wife and, and son or whatever. Or daughter. Yeah, I can't remember. Daughter. He, like, it, was Elijah Dusku. it was Elijah Dusku, I think. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Oh, shit, it was. And that it, was uh, her first movie. It's No, it's not her first movie. She was in uh, True Lies. That was after. Isn't she? I thought that was after. Maybe it was for you, right? Maybe it was before. I'm going to look this up because I don't you think look so. look it up. That's another one that I really like. Uh, True, True Lies. Lies is, yeah, True Lies is good. Face Off is terrible. You guys should feel bad about liking that. Oh, movie. my no, God. No, I it's not. It is. You. I, would, I would think, you know, and Grant, I mean, come on. You don't like a lot of stuff. Fine. But I actually really thought that you would be a fan. Uh, I know. At the time, I liked it, but uh, thinking uh, well, about it. Who does not seem to be in the cast of Face Off, by the way. Who's Wait. the daughter, then? Uh, for a second, uh, I thought you meant like she's not coming back for the sequel. I was like, that doesn't determine. I liked it at the time, but uh, it was one I grew to dislike Nicolas Cage, and that became one of the first movies that I really began to like on rewatch. I just find him more and more annoying. Like that's I was going to say that earlier. I find that the uh, the more times I watch Kill Bill two, the less I like it. Every time I watch it, it makes me like it less. Oh, Dominic Swan looks to be the daughter. So it was not Elijah Dushku. No. Apologies to Elijah Dushku and Miss Swan. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I'm so excited for Face Off too, though. Adam Wingard's directing it, and he's a director. I don't know who of, that is? Uh, he's he's actually directing Godzilla vs Kong. This is his next film coming out. But I don't before know that, that is. Before that, he did this um, uh, two amazing films: uh, Your Next, which is a Please Modern stop saying slashers. the word amazing. Yeah. I don't think that you know. Really I don't think you know what that word means. What was the other one? And uh, the guest. No, I've also no, heard no. that's very good, but I still haven't seen it. That's it's, another. I, that's like, my favorite of his. movie. Uh, the guest is more of an action film. It's not mm. super horror. It's uh, Dan who's Stevens plays this character who's like Who? a Dan Stevens. Um, I don't know him. Did you see Legion, the Marvel uh, X Men show? Or Beauty yes. and the Beast. I was trying I to name good that. things he's in. <laughs> he, he, he was the lead in Legion. He was the main dude in Legion? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he plays this soldier who comes to visit uh, a, a family in like a Midwestern state who he served with their son. Their mm-hmm. son died. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and says, hey, I served for your son. I was with him when he died. He wanted me to come and like tell you how much he cared about you kind of thing. And they're like, oh, stay with us for a bit. And he stays with them, and he, it's, he's too nice, and he's there looking after them, but there's something off about him. And then as the show goes on, you're like, I don't, like, what's up with this guy? There's something that he's not telling them. And it's, he starts looking after the family, like the younger boys being bullied, and he helps them out, but by, like, beating the shit out of the ki- the kids at school. So it's, like, that's, taken this way too far i don't know what's going on here it's 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 a really really good movie how are you supposed to treat a bully uh like not by breaking their arms and throwing uh alcohol into their eyes so they burns and like smashing a pool cue over their head like did they bully him after that uh no all right then that's almost said he then also gives them a gives the kid a knife being like if they come at you again kill them right yeah Stab those motherfuckers. Ah, gotcha, bitch. 
Wait a minute. Um, it's a good movie, though. Check out The Guest if you got a chance. <laughs> the Poet and Billy Show does not condone violence towards children. <laughs> I like a movie that uh, goes in a direction that you just don't expect when you when you're going in having these particular expectations. Like I remember when I was going to watch your next and I was like, okay, this will be like a fun, like slasher movie or something. And then it just goes in such a different direction, but also not a different direction. Yeah, like It is a fun slasher movie, but it's so clever and so smart in how it does it. It, The guest is kind of similar. It's a, it's a really smart, fun action movie that constantly sort of, whenever you think, okay, I think I have an idea where it's going. It sort of throws you for a loop. So that's why I'm like I'm really excited that uh, he's doing Face Off. Like I like this guy. I want him to be really successful. And he unfortunately did the uh, Blair Witch modern one, which I liked, but it had issues. And then he did that. I haven't seen it, but apparently horrible Death Note movie on Netflix. Oh, yeah. uh, I also haven't watched that. So I'm like, I really want Kong versus Godzilla to do super well. And then this afterwards, like, I want this guy to be successful. He's been working in indie horror for a long time. It's like, if he can make it, anyone can. He's good. Yeah, I I mean, I I joke. I'm looking forward to Kong and Godzilla. I mean, I still have problems with the the sizing up of Kong. um, And I still think it looks off in the trailer, but... um, we can talk about that next week with guest Dak Rogers who will be joining us. Nice. I, I'm excited. I, I want to see a giant monkey punch a giant lizard, and I'm on board to... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, too. Especially because I think it's really funny, like, the comments I've seen online about it, uh, where people are hardcore taking sides. Where, and not like, and I'm like, oh, this will be... But this will be fun. There are people that are like... This is ridiculous. Why is this even a question? Godzilla is going to destroy him. And then other people are like, oh, what? What do you, he's, he's a lizard. He's dumb as fuck. He's he's a, he's an ape. He can move around. What are you talking about? And I I really want to see who's going to, what's what's the over under that they're just going to end up homies. 100%. 100%. It's going to turn out to be Mechagodzilla, oh, yeah. and then they're going to fight Mechagodzilla together, and it will be a draw. That That is absolutely how I expect it to end. But at the same time, Adam Wingard's really good at not doing what you expect and doing something different and interesting, so we'll see. Cut to um, two months from now when Charlie's like, oh, that's depressing. That movie was so cliche, and you can see everything coming. I might say that, or I also might say, yeah, big lizard hit big monkey. Did you ever see Rampage then? I did not. I, I want to see it in theaters, and I missed it in theaters, and I've just you never just gotten around not it to since. See it in it. Every time, I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. I heard it was decent, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. Um, it uh, the general story was whatever you know what i mean the the large monster action though was enjoyable um and i just was curious because you do get to see a monkey a monkey punch a lizard it's true i like i also i'm a big godzilla fan so i'm i'm on board with godzilla yep i get it so you what you're saying is you're definitely team godzilla in the team godzilla v team kong fight all kings bow before gods. Oh dear God, he's not a god. It's literally yeah. his name, Godzilla. His name is Gogia. 
America bastardized it. There's like a lot of arguments by that about like mm, there's the, no the arguments. No, like actually from scholars of like the original. Mm, no argument. Uh, it's Godzilla. Uh, I, I just watched the original. Mm, you didn't commentary, watch that. Commentary with a historian who argued about it. Anyway, show. <laughs> oh, he they, was a they historian sent it to and not an actual God- person. Story who like about Godzilla wrote an entire book about him. It was a very entertaining commentary, I will say, on the Criterion box set of Godzilla. Oh, was this for your podcast? No. Oh, you just did. Oh, sorry. I just I just watched. I thought it, it was like, for that I, podcast. I, I bought Godzilla and I uh, the box set last uh, last fall, and I went through all of fifteen of the original all fifteen OG triple OGs. Yeah. Uh, there's some good ones. There's some less than good ones. It was fun times. What's what's the status of your podcast? What's, what's I, going on with it? Uh, still coming. We're pro- hoping to record uh, on Sunday. Cool. But, you know, like, it, we were all supposed to record last weekend. Shit comes up. So I'm hoping this actually happens this time. Well, hopefully next cross, time. Sir. Yeah, hopefully next time here I'll be able to plug it. Perfect. When uh, When is next time? And what are we doing? I don't know. What, when do you want to have me back? I don't know. Let's let me look at the calendar here. Dak is next week, and then uh, nobody the end of the month right now. And then the first Friday in April is our boy Jake, who's going to talk about his book. Uh, it also it looks like I'm going to be watching. Uh... Wins. The next, uh, the Justice League, with I'm doing a watch yeah, night that? with a friend on the 27th. Of so what? I will be able to, uh, of March. Of March. Then why don't we shoot for April 9th of Justice League? Are you, you're not going to be able to get HBO Max by then, are you, though, Billy? William H. Houston. Oh, sorry. I said, why not? I, I asked it, but I realized my mic was muted because. <laughs> Well, you can you get can, are, will you get it by April so you can watch it by the April 9th? Yeah. All right. So April 9th, get get mark your calendars, listeners. The twelve of you jerks, ten of you because I'm one of them, um, and Dax one of them, and he's not going to mark his calendar because he already knows. Wait, is he a jerk? No, he's not a jerk. Uh, Maybe this is why you only have 10 listeners Because you call them jerks No jerks The jerks I'm referring to are you two Well the jerks store called They're running out of you Alright April 9th for the They call they usually text me April 9th for the (laughs) Justice League Rewatch Podcast Extravaganza I'm Poet I'm Billy and my son needs me. I was Charlie. Hi, Booker. Good night. Night. This is the outro. This is the outro. This is the outro for the Poet and Billy Podcast Extravaganza.